Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, host of the Circuit of Success podcast, and here's what's coming up on the show. Are you challenging yourself every day? Are you doing, having new experiences? Are you looking for ways to expand your life, both in opportunity and in resources? And ask yourself that, who's in control? I mean, I happen to be a control freak, so that was an easy question for me at that point in time. Yeah. Do I want to be in control of my life or do I want somebody else in control? And do you think that you've always believed in yourself or was that a muscle that you've built over time? Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Sharon Lecter with me. Sharon, how you doing? I am fantastic, Brett. Thanks so much. Look forward to talking to you. Oh, look forward to it. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. You're, uh, you're going to see me holding this book if you're getting to watch this. You've probably seen this a time or 4,000 times, and uh, this is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, you are the co-author with Robert Kiyosaki on that, and it's it's cool. I uh, it's I, I read this again in 2022, so I, I wrote down. I've been, for years I write down when I read the book, and you know can able to do the math on my age and stuff. And so, I originally read this book in 2002 when I was 24 years old, and I read it again last year in March when I was 44 years old. So it's kind of crazy to think, uh, you know, the things you get from one book uh, reading it. As a 24-year-old and now as a 44-year-old, you connect a little different with it. And so I reached out to you and I said, hey, I got to have you on the podcast. And you were kind enough to respond. And here we are. So uh, that being said, you've done that. Uh, well, you've written tons of books and you've had five times. You're a five-time New York Times bestseller, uh, an author, a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, um, CPA, you name it. You've been doing it. I'll shut up now and uh, let people talk to Sharon Lecter. So if you can, Sharon, tell us a little bit more about what's made you the woman you are today. Well, thanks, Brett. Yes, I, you know, when I first started, I lived in a very lower middle class house with my parents. We had a little house between my mom's beauty shop and my dad's used car lot, and we owned rental properties. So I've been in real estate investing since I was 10. I had to go wow. scrub out the bathrooms between tenants. And we were <laughs> orange groves. And I swore I would never be an entrepreneur. I saw my friends whose parents were CEOs of companies or military officers. And I said, that's what I want. I, I want to get become a sophisticated professional. So I went to college, got my degree in accounting. I was one of the very first women in public accounting um, in Atlanta, Georgia, single oh, wow. CPA, having fun in Atlanta. About the ripe eight, eight, old age of 25, I realized my parents were pretty smart because I was working incredible hours and not in control of my life. And I said, this is crazy. So I had the opportunity to, my, one of my clients invited me to go into a company. He was buying out of bankruptcy actually, to um, invest in a new companies. Like, okay, so I went back to my condo and said pros and cons. Back then it was before PCs, so the old yellow legal pad. <laughs> the old T-chart. That's right, that's right. And it didn't help me a bit because I could argue both sides mobile rising career in public accounting versus the opportunity to own a piece of the rock. And so um, I, my hand kind of took off across the top of the page and wrote, why not? And that really is still my mantra today. Why not do something different? Why not solve a problem, serve a need? Why not take the path less traveled? And uh, I think in our society today, too many people ask the question, why? Waiting for somebody to tell you what you should do. And why not comes from within? Why not do something that you know you need to do that uh, can solve a problem or serve a need? So that's really been my mantra. I left public accounting, 
met my husband, then I've never looked back, started women's magazines, children's books, and then on to Rich Dad, so. Amazing. So when you think about that, we can go back in time and, you know, that's scary, I would assume, right? Because one was uh, assuming on the T-chart, we were talking about the left side, let's call it the accounting side, had a guaranteed paycheck probably, right? They had a check coming in every two weeks and health insurance, probably all these things. Whereas the one on the right side, it didn't have any of that, I would assume. And so when when you think about that Sharon Lecter, and you think about the person right now that's struggling with that of, I want to follow my dream and this passion, but man, there's no guaranteed success there versus this every day, every two week check. What would you tell that person uh, right now? Well, sometimes you have to close the door for other doors of opportunity to open. When I made that decision, it turned out to be the worst business decision of my life, Brett. But as Napoleon Hill says, out of adversity comes a seed of an equal or greater opportunity. Had I not made the decision to leave public account, I would never have met my husband, my collector, and we've been married 42 years. So my worst business decision became my best life decision. But if you're, if you're in that position where you have to make a decision between something that's safe and secure, you think it's secure, ask yourself truly how secure it is versus something that is something new and new experience. And, you know, again, ask yourself, why not try something different? Because, you know, there are lots of reasons why not. If it's not legal, don't do it. But I think people, we change is inevitable. And as, as the world has proven over and over again, the safe, secure job no longer exists. So are you doing what you, are you challenging yourself every day? Are you doing, having new experiences? Are you looking for ways to expand your life, both in opportunity and in resources? And ask yourself that, who's in control? I mean, I happen to be a control freak. So that was an easy question for me at that point in time. Do I want to be in control of my life or do I want somebody else in control? And do you think that you've always believed in yourself or was that a muscle that you've built over time? Yes and yes. Um, I was raised in a home where I was told I could do anything I wanted to. And if you imagine my age, I was many, many times the only woman in the room. Um, I started my career before they even had the term classing. And we just knew that if we wanted to succeed, we had to work harder than men. But I never looked at it as a male versus female thing. And for me, it's um, you just make that decision to continue moving forward. That being said, there were many times when I was insecure, not sure what what I was going to do, afraid, fear, fearing of what was going to happen. And um, but I would come back to you either win or you learn something. Right? There's no win lose. You win or you learn. And so I would act in spite of the fear. You know, courage is acting in spite of fear, not because of it. So, yeah. So, and again, back on those early days, I mean, what was the grind like? You know, you, 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 yes, now you've got all these different revenue sources and income. And I know you're very open about talking about money. So, uh, that's why I asked the question is, but, but what was it like when you didn't have money and you didn't, uh, have so many different revenue sources? What was it like back then? Well, you have to make choices. You know, um, yeah. I started working when I was 15. And so the, the, my father and mother instilled those money habits into me really early on. And so I always lived within my means um, and understood that I was very kind of alone in that process. A lot of my friends were getting into debt. 
And but you have to make choices. You make choices that work within your budget. Um, give you the opportunity to set money aside. And you know today it's even more important to pay attention to where the cash flow is going. With every dollar you receive, you have a choice. You can keep it and invest it and have it work for you, or you can spend it and it goes away. And so if more and more people understood that and made different choices, they'd be, be in a much different financial position. Yeah, yeah. And what, what have you learned over the years from, obviously yourself, there's lots of learning, but you know, I'll just pick on you know, Robert Kiyosaki. Obviously, he's had a, an immense amount of success uh, along with you. And then you think of, I know you've advised or worked with now three different presidents, right? You have George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump before he was president. So we're not talking politics here. I can't stand talking politics. But when you think of those three people that made it to the most, you know, the highest level you could possibly make as being the president of the United States, what, what have you learned from people like that over the years that makes them different? Well, I think um, without a doubt, um, I when I wrote Three Feet from Goal, which was my first book with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, I talk about the personal success equation. So let me frame it in, in, within that because Perfect. you have your passion and your talent. So you look at those three men and you can pretty much know what their passion, their talent was. Um, I had my passion for financial literacy. We're not teaching kids about money in school. So it made me angry. That was my passion. My talent was my background in accounting, my background in publishing. And most of us stop there. But true success and all of those individuals you just talked about, their success was through that power of association, surrounding themselves with the right people, surrounding themselves with people who are strong where they are weak, understanding how to get in front of in the right rooms. And in times A, take action, right? Your action, how many times do we know what we're supposed to do? We just don't do it. And so take and being action takers, every one of those people you mentioned are action takers. And the last one is faith and confidence, having faith in yourself. I don't think any of them had a lack of confidence in themselves, <laughs> but many of us do. All right. And so when I start mentoring people, I go through that formula, passion plus talent times association times action plus faith. And invariably, the areas that need the most work are association and faith. Most people don't have the right people around them or they've outgrown the people in their circle and they haven't taken the step to expand their associations and they don't have enough confidence. They don't think they're good enough. They think, you know, the, they think the luck has passed them by and they go hand in hand. When you have the right people around you and you have a bad day, they won't let you stay there. So do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody who's pushing you in the right direction? Do you, are you hanging out with people who challenge you and want you to do better? If not, maybe you need to look at your associations and have the right guide. Because what happens is when we are in the wrong place, our confidence starts waning and that they go hand in hand. Yeah, I love that. So passion plus talent times association plus times action times, action, times action. All of that together plus faith and confidence in yourself. Yep. You can go to um, personalsuccessequation.com. I have an ebook that helps take you through that formula for your own life. Okay. Giving you some suggestions, some thought-provoking things, and it's free. Personalsuccessequation.com. Personalsuccessequation.com. All right, we will put that in the in the link here in the show notes. Uh, but that that's and it, you're so right. I mean, the passion part. 
is, um, you know, and then you said earlier, your personal mantra, why not? I also, in my research, saw that your mission is to, to play big again. And so when you think about that is you do have to know what your passions are. And, you know, as you see on my mic here, maybe, maybe not on the, but it's, it talks about future greater than your past. Right. And, um, that's our mission. That's our firm's mission. That's my mission. And it's, it's become my passion of helping others. That's when time stops for me or, or speeds up, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But like when you're working in that passion field, time just stands still, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I don't, nothing that I ever do feels like work because it's not right. drudgery. I think work is drudgery. Um, I do what I do because um, it makes me feel um, per- my purpose. I'm in purpose. When you are in purpose, it's not work. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. I just uh, was at lunch and going through getting my sandwich and the guy said, we had, we had a bunch of snow here today and, and I'm in St. Louis on the Illinois side, but a bunch of snow, they canceled school yesterday, all this stuff, or today. And he says, oh, you're one of the unlucky ones that had to go to work, huh? And I like, I kind of looked at him. I said, nope. I said, I chose to go to work. I said, I love what I do. And it's, you know, it makes you think as you kind of think about that comment, oh, you're, you're one of the ones that had to go to work today. I mean, imagine feeling that, right? And, and there's people driving down the road. Listen, to this maybe right now they feel that same way they're driving to work. But how, how have you chosen to get to do the things that you want to do and then have made a career making money out of it? Well, I love what you just said, because I literally just wrote an article for a book yesterday where we're talking about the power of words. You have the choice and control over three things, your thoughts, your words, your actions. And instead of saying, I have to go to work, say, I get to go to work, right? One's negative, one's positive. So if we can control our thoughts and our words, we control our environment around us. And it's really important for people to think about, you know, if you want to spend your day in drudgery, then you're attracting all the negativity by using those negative words. I have to go to work. Um, If you can reframe your thoughts. So, for instance, when it comes to money, you're bringing up money. We can't afford it. That's negative. You close your mind. You want to turn off the lights and get under the covers. It's depressing. And instead of of saying, I can't afford something, say, how can I afford something? Do you feel the difference? It opens, it triggers your entrepreneurial spirit. It opens your mind and your subconscious starts working towards how to solve that question and how how to afford something that you want. And so the choice of your words are very, very important. Thoughts, words, and actions. Yep. Yeah. So the, the, hence the name of this podcast, the, uh, the circuit of success, one of the circuits, if you will, is action. I believe in your attitude, your belief system, Ultimately, the actions that you take get the results that you want to have in your life, right? So attitude, actions, beliefs. Um, so I couldn't agree more because so many people just think, oh, I'll, I'll write it down on a piece of paper, this great business plan, but they don't take action, right? It stays in the top right drawer of your office desk or wherever, and they don't take action. So when you think about taking action, like what does your day look like when you, you, know, you wake up in the morning? Do you pre-plan it? Do you plan it as you go? What's that look like for you? Well, every day is slightly different. I know overall what my um, long-term goals are and I time block so that I can not have to worry about what's going on. I have time set aside. So for instance, um, this morning I'm looking, I'm working on a new book. So I had time scheduled this morning that nothing else was happening except me accomplishing what I needed to on this new book. And so each of us has to think about how, how are we going to accomplish what, what works best for you? And you have short-term goals, you have long-term goals, and then you have immediate action. What do, what can I get done first thing in the morning to make me feel better about myself? So it gives me the energy to keep going. 
you know, check, check off a few of those quick and easy things in the morning and then start tackling the big ones. Yeah. So if I stole your phone and looked at your calendar, would I see that book? Like, do you already know next Thursday or three Thursdays from now what's going on? Um, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. I do a lot of line blocking and right now I'm in the midst, as I said, of a new book. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of um, definite white space on my calendar that is for the book. And so it's yeah. kind of like everybody else is stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's true for most successful people. I mean, I know I look at my calendar. I know things that are going on four months from now, right? I mean, you just you kind of just go ahead and like you said, call it time blocking, put it in there and on repeat. I think that's important. And for you to know if you have staff for your staff to know, I mean, it's that communication almost without the communication is everybody knows what the calendar needs to look like. And then if we just show up and execute, we take action, do the things we need to do. That's, that's the recipe for success. Right. And so, um, I want to go back a little bit to this book, the, the rich dad, poor dad, because you know, this was, I would assume this was the one that, that kind of started it all. Would you, would you agree with that? Um, from a standpoint of the personal finance brand, yes. Yeah. Dad, yeah. You know, came out with a game and, um, as we were, as I was helping Robert with the game, he, you know, he told me he wanted to charge $200 for it. And I said, that's kind of pricey because <laughs> I was just helping him as a friend and yeah. said, maybe you need to write a brochure for the game that explains the philosophy that would encourage people to spend that much money. And that's when he asked me to become his partner. And that brochure we wrote was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We never expected it to be the huge hit on its own. And so yes. the world just over and that was the first of 15 books we we wrote together and building the rich dad brand around the world wow uh oprah have a little something to do with that did that help yes she did well we actually <laughs> made it all the lists on our own we worked really hard um and i literally was packaging books up in my in my living room my dining room table because this was before amazon before the internet yeah. believe it or dinosaur times and so I knew how we could get into the bookstores from a standpoint of information and we would do radio broadcasts all over the world and they would go on to the Ingram at that time to find the publisher of this book. So I'd wake up in the morning on, there'd be a pile of orders on my fax machine and I'd package books one at a time out to bookstores all over the world. And that's in January of 2000, we released in um, 1997. April 97. And in, in January of 2000, we hit all the major lists. And then in April of 2000, we got the phone call from Oprah, which of course helped us just 10x from there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. So when you look back on your career now, um, what, what would you tell the 35 year old Sharon Lecter? What advice would you give her? Well, I, I ask that question a lot. You know, what your 16 year old your 20 year old self and I, I always kind of answer the same way Brett because I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for all the things that happened to me before today good and bad and so I try not to look back I just try to look forward but for any young people young person that I'm speaking to I talk about the importance of being true to yourself because each and every one of you was created to be the perfect rendition of you not me not Brett not someone else and so you, you have a role to play on earth. You have a purpose. So stand in your own power and find your purpose and make decisions that are right for you and your family. Um, and we don't, you know, we live, too many of us live in the world of shoulda, coulda, woulda. And we have to think about what can I do? What's possible? And look yeah. to the future. 
we are all today where we are today because the choices we made before today. And if you want something different, something better, something more, start making different choices today. Yeah. And what's that process for you? Like when you think, okay, I got to make different choices. Are you a planner? Are you like, do you have certain times throughout the year you do goal planning, goal strategies? Like how do you make a change in maybe a habit or, or a new thing that you're going to go out and do? Well, things change based on what quarter of your life you're in. I mean, obviously I'm, I've been financially free since I was 38, but we still have goal setting and time where we think about the multiple businesses that we own as well as our personal life. And yeah. so we think about, you know, family comes first. What do we want? We just literally came back two weeks ago from being in Costa Rica with our family for two weeks. That takes a lot of planning, um, lots of different <laughs> schedules for one of us. And I think it's really important to focus on one big life. As, you know, too many of us think about work or, or money, and we have to really think about our faith, our finances, our friends, our fitness, or all of that comes together to have one big life. And if I could change anything in the past, it would be to focus on making sure we don't lose sight of one of those things because of the importance of another. And it's, um, you know, yeah. we only be around this world once and we need to make, make the most of it. And I, you know, I know too many people who get to the end of their life and they have a lot of money, but they don't, they've lost their relationships along the way. Yeah. And a lot of people have found very wonderful relationships and they're comfortable and they're very, very happy. So which word do you want to be? Do you want to have the material things? Do you want to have the money at the expense of friends and family? Or do you really want to have a well-balanced life where you get up every single day excited about what that day is going to be and who you're going to be able to spend it with? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I call it my F to the sixth power and, and it's faith, family, fitness, fun, uh, firm, which is work for me. And then uh, my finances, right? And those, and you just settled most of those things right there. And I think I, I do a scorecard every 90 days for myself and for people that I coach. And it's, I think it's important to not let one get too far off the reserve, right? Because I think if we're not checking in with ourselves, uh, in my opinion, weekly, if not, you know, more often, but what have you done personally to make sure that one doesn't get, you know, drift off to the side too, too far. And it's, it's almost too late to even bring it back. Well, I believe it's never too late to bring it back. Um, obviously your health is something that you can get too far to, um, you have to make some drastic changes for me personally. I think, you know, we've, we've had a pretty well balanced life. Very happy. Mike and I've been married 42 years um, if anything, I dropped the ball on is probably my fitness because I was so focused on work and driving and doing other things that didn't pay attention to my personal health. And that's one of the things we're focused on now is trying to get ourselves back on the, at the prime level because we're both, my husband's 73 and I just turned 69. So it's, um, yeah. you know, it's a big issue when you get to that last chapter of your life. So you want to make sure that you are able to fill it, um, live it with our youngest grandchild is five. We want to see, be very vital and be able to be there for her for a long time. Yeah. How many grandkids do you have? We have four. Awesome. And, and we just, just the best thing on earth. Like I always talk <laughs> on stage now, the only reason to be a parent is so you can become a grandparent. We love it. That's what uh, Robin, who I work with here, she said, if I could do it again, I'd have my grandkids first. She's like, you just don't realize how special these grandbabies are. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. So um, when you hear the word fear, uh, you mentioned it earlier. So how many of the fears you've put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? 
Well, fear is something that can get blown up very quickly in your subconscious. And um, the book Outwitting the Devil I wrote was a, originally written by Napoleon Hill as a sequel to Think and Grow Rich about overcoming fear. And I think it's really important. It was locked away for 72 years because his wife was afraid of the title. And so they had the honor to bring it out. But fear is debilitating. Um, and the issue is, do you, do you let fear stop you? Fear either paralyzes us or motivates us. Most of us are paralyzed by fear, yeah. but instead look at that fear as motivation to take the next step and turn that fear into fuel and energy to keep moving in the right direction. And it's so important to understand fear is part of the human nature. And so um, when you're stepping outside your comfort zone to experience something new, there's going to be a little trepidation and fear and, and turn that into excitement to keep going and fuel to keep experiencing something new in life. That's great. So uh, you, you talked about, or maybe you didn't talk about it, it was before we started recording, we talked about your ATMs. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. What are those? Where can people find them? Sure. Well, I talk about businesses, successful businesses, do one of two things, solve a problem or serve a need. And so when I really, when I get mad about something, Brett, I usually start a new company. And when the pandemic hit <laughs> three years ago, um, I was just inundated. We all were with all the negativity, the fear. I mean, you just couldn't, you just didn't hear anything positive. And so I started a program called ATMs and it's a daily um, deposit of, of abundance tips and mentorship. I do it every single morning and it's delivered to you either by text or in your email. And it really is to get people started off understanding that you're perfect just the way you are. And that's what I want people to understand. You're perfect just the way you are. And you have an opportunity to seize the day or be paralyzed by it. Yeah. And so the ATM is really to talk at the end of each one. I say, you are fabulous. Say it with me. I am fabulous because each and every one of us, we can either be reactive in the life we live or proactive. And I want people to be proactive, to seize the day and create opportunities. Yeah. And, and I think to your point there that, that you are, you are perfect. All those things you say to yourself, I mean, you start to believe them, right? The more you say them, I think back to think and grow rich, which obviously you're very, very familiar with that. Another book I read when I was 23, 24 years old, that was very instrumental in my life. And I, if I remember correctly, I think they called it a desire statement. You know, we, we changed the name, I think, and, and, you know, basically stole the idea and said design statement. But it's true. And to this day, I still carry around things with me that that I write to myself and that I read because it, you got to do it. I think it's so important uh, in life to, you know, what kind of parent do I want to be? What kind of spouse do I want to be? And what, where am I at now? Where do I want to be three years from now? And that got me through when I was on the grind and building it. And I think you're always on the grind a little bit uh, if you're keep growing. But um, but really the grind early on, that was super, super important for me. And I know you've been a part of that. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. I mean, you have to have, you know, my dad taught me, map doesn't do you any good if you don't know where you are and where you want to go. And if you're just walking through life aimlessly, then you're going to be bounced around. You have to understand what it is you want out of life, both personally and professionally, and, and have a focus on how to get it. And now, obviously, you have to be resilient. You have to be able to change directions if you have to. But your overall goal doesn't change. You know, when when COVID hit, a lot of people were talking about they were having to pivot, and I said, no, you're not pivoting. You just need to adjust, recalibrate, 
if your goal is the same, your goal doesn't change. It's just the way you approach it has to change. I use the analogy, you want to sail your boat to, to Catalina Island from you know, the coast of California and the wind changes, your goal doesn't change, but you have to recalibrate, adjust your sails and be able to get to where you want to go. It's the same thing in life. We yeah. think something's going to happen. It does not. And we go, okay, well, that doesn't change my end goal. What do I need to do to get back on course? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So where do our listeners find more of Sharon Lecter? Well, thank you, Brett. Yes, yeah, sure. I'm kind of Sharon Lecter everywhere. SharonLecter.com, Sharon Lecter on Instagram, Facebook, and um, my professional page is author Sharon Lecter on Facebook. And then okay. um, just welcome everybody to reach out to me, info at SharonLecter.com. I have information about my business retreats of my ranch in Arizona, business about mentoring and my online programs are all SharonLecter.com. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes and Sharon, it's been so awesome having you. And I, again, just want to go back to think about a book that you read 20 years ago and you know, that, that 20 year old kid or 24 year old kid, you know, probably didn't think 20 years later, he'd be interviewing one of the authors. And I just think it's funny how uh, life works out. And I also think that say it again. First editions there, my dear. You still have oh, is that first. right? Yeah. yeah, it looks a little different now, doesn't it? Uh, but man, it's an amazing book and what an impact that you've made in your career. So I just really appreciate you spending some time with us and our listeners today on the Circuit of Success. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you doing this. It's, you know, it's all power of association. So I'm happy to to meet you, and I look forward to getting to know you even better. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs>